Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. So we'll do a 10 second pause. <clears throat> oh, I usually have water. Let me go grab a cup. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Celine, do your parents live with you? No, no, they just came to visit for the weekend. Oh, okay. Just came, uh, yeah, it, it, I thought I, they, they told me I, I hadn't seen them since Christmas. But I was like, I could have sworn I came up there. You know, they live in Albany. Okay. So, yeah, this is a couple, two hours away from me. Oh, that's awesome. Well, my parents don't live with me, but they kind of do. I have, <laughs> I, you have, you have young children, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Two. I have two. Okay. How old are your children? Seven and two. Yeah. I have identical twin boys that are five wow. and a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old daughter. Wow. So my parents don't live with me, but they I yeah. wish they did sometimes. I like, you. Can you just like you don't have to leave? Yeah. I'm not I saying you gotta you. go. Right. <laughs> so when you said you were up to three, I was like, yes, multi-generational living. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's do it. That's so funny. Alrighty. So we'll do a 10 second pause. Oh, wait, actually, Leah, um, you want me to? Yeah, I'm kicking off, right? Okay, for sure. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. We're so excited to be with you. We know we say that every time, but again, as we say every time, we are really excited this time, right? This is Ama. And beautiful people, it's good to be back with you. This is Leah. Leah in the house. Uh, it's daylight savings time. So we're coming at you one hour earlier than normal. So make sure you hit play one hour earlier than normal when you listen to this episode. So we're super excited because uh, today we are going to talk about entrepreneurship. You know, when we looked at the responses that we were getting to some of our entrepreneurial episodes, it was very clear that there was a strong interest. So we heard you, we hear you, uh, we see the comments, uh, we hear the reviews, 
And, you know, we know some of it might have to do just with COVID, right? Because a lot of us have heard that, you know, if COVID didn't bring out the entrepreneurial spirit in you, I don't know if it was ever really there, right? It's like the, the, of all the times where you said, I wish I had more time to flesh out this business plan. I wish I had more time to think about this idea. I wish I had more time. Well, COVID gave us the time. Right. So I think that might be some of the reason, Leo, why. Right. There might have been. A yeah, I was actually going to say, I think I think the universe has been pushing us not just COVID, but like watching the news, seeing what's happening in the world. Right. It, it feels very carpe diem. It feels really like this is the time. This is our season. Take the opportunity. Bet on yourself. Um, so I'm, I'm getting a lot of that and pr my, probably my social feed is curated to give me more of those things. And that's really intentional on my part, but I think part of it is COVID and part of it is just, um, the stars aligning for a lot of really talented people to jump out on, uh, step out on faith and take a chance on themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, some of our listeners might already know I work in fertility, but it's very similar, um, because I, 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 really people are like, well, I was gonna hold off from trying to have a baby, but honestly, I don't even know. The, the world might end, YOLO, let's just go for it. You know what I mean? So some of it might be a little bit of that too. Like, you know what, I've been waiting. I, I, I thought it might've been a perfect time, but YOLO, we don't even know if we all gonna be here tomorrow. I mean, things are just really turning upside down. So, you know, I'm just super excited uh, to just ride this wave of entrepreneurship and bring uh, our listeners into the fold. Uh, to the conversation. So today we're going to talk about talk about going from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, right? From going to that from that place of yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Uh, okay, I can do that. Oh, you needed it right now. Okay, I will stop what I'm doing and do that right now for you. Right? Really, just thinking about as an employee. Sometimes you wish that you had a little more control and um, influence and value over what's happening. And uh, a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is like, yes, I make all the rules. I run the show. I don't have to answer to anybody. Before we hop in, because we have a, an amazing guest today, I just want to dispel that myth. <laughs> when you are an entrepreneur, you actually are still saying yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? Oh, you needed that yesterday? Okay, right? Because you know who your boss now is? All of your customers. Everyone that you want to please, right? Because you want them to come back. Whether it's a service or a product, your new boss is everyone you are serving. Uh, so it's not necessarily easier. It's just different. And uh, I will say it's not for the faint-hearted. So Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is Salim Holder, and he is perfect for today's episode because uh, he has essentially gone from working in corporate America uh, to running his own business. And I have had the pleasure of working with Salim and uh, through that transition, which was amazing. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of background about him. Uh, he's got his undergrad from an HBCU, Historically Black College uh, and University. Shout out to the HBCU. Shout listeners. out to the HBCUs. Um, Hampton University. I don't know. Some people say it's the real HU, but I didn't go to an HBCU. So I'll just leave that discussion for another time. Uh, he then got his MBA from the University of Rochester. And after achieving that 
amazing goal, right? Uh, he was able to pursue a career in brand management, uh, which really spanned over 10 years in different industries from wines and spirits to women's health products uh, to more of the traditional consumer packaged goods uh, companies and brands. Uh, and more recently, within the past a little over three years, he decided to transition out of that traditional role in corporate America in brand management to start his own company and uh, started with consulting. So he's got a consulting uh, marketing company called Find Your, Old, Find Your Plug. Uh, and he also started the largest black owned online marketplace uh, for hair care products called Fourth Ave Market. And then if, I mean, if you, if you haven't heard of, of a hustler, he's got one more thing, right? He's also an instructor a digital marketing instructor for General Assembly as well. So, I mean, the ultimate entrepreneur, he's got three things going on, including one of the largest Black-owned healthcare online marketplaces, uh, Fourth Ave Market. So welcome to the show, Salim. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Welcome. Welcome. Did I, did I do you any justice? Did I leave anything Phenomenal, out? Phenomenal, <laughs> Phenomenal. I'm like, I want to hire that guy. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, so, uh, Salim, we're super excited to talk to you today because I think that based on your experience, uh, some of it, I've been a part of that road, which is really nice, especially the part where, you know, you left the corporate scene and made that transition to starting on your own. So, uh, you know, before we sort of get into the meat and potatoes of things, how are you feeling today? Yeah, I feel great today. You know, I, I got to be honest, this conversation, um, I get, there's a lot of, uh, we've talked about these types of things all the time. So I have a lot to say about the conversation, you know, about this topic. So help keep me on track. Yeah. I don't want to go too far. On the <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great, but you know what, there's a lot that people want to hear, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, let's just jump right in, right? I'm going to jump to the time of when you decided, okay, I'm done with corporate America. I'm no longer traveling to this office, to this desk, uh, and then you know to my own you know cubicle or office because uh, I think the last job you had in corporate America was when we were working together. So we all had our little individual offices, um, right? You're sharing the cafeteria, you go down, you go to lunch, <laughs> right. right? And all that good stuff. When did you decide? Okay, I am done. Yeah, it it was. Um... Honestly, it was actually the job before that one where I decided I was done. And, and what, what ended up happening was like, you know, after so many years, when I first got into the job in the corporate world, I was like, ultimately, I knew one day I was like, I'm going to run my own business. But I was like, let me learn how to do this first. And so as I'm going through the years and I'm getting experience, what I had noticed is that every job I was going to, I knew why I was going there, what skills I was trying to get from it. And so I, I was able to work through it. But then as I got to the last two jobs, the one job I took, it was drastically different from any other reason why I took a job. This job I took because it was fun, because I thought it was going to be exciting. And this is when I went into the liquor industry. And this is one thing I'll just say is when you think about brands or companies or businesses, a lot of times from the outside looking in, when you see these big companies, you're like, oh, it'd be amazing to work there. These brands, it'd be so fun. But you can't really let that be the allure, you know, because when I got there, that was absolutely opposite of what I what I thought it was going to be. 
it wasn't a great experience. But what I recognized more than anything and that job and it continued the next job afterwards when the light bulb went off is that I was chasing after something. I was chasing after the wrong thing before I was chasing after experience. And then I got to a point where I started to look at promotions and money and stuff like that. And my career path, I'd never wanted my career to go. It wasn't like I wasn't trying to be somebody's CEO of Kimberly Clark or Procter & Gamble. I was trying to get experience so I could take that somewhere else. And so as I start to have all these other issues with people and other things, I start to realize that my focus was wrong. And I started to say, I'm focusing on continuing a career here, but my focus really has, it should be about launching and running my own business. And so I realized that I was actually giving them more than I was getting where early in my career, I was getting more from them than I was giving. I was given a lot, but I was getting all this experience. I was opening all these doors. But after I got experience, not to say I couldn't learn more, of course, there's a hell of a lot more I could learn and get better at, et cetera. But I was absolutely at a point where I was like, I'm not as challenged anymore. And I felt like as a result, start focusing on wrong things. I started getting more and more dissatisfied. And it was in that last job where I remember it was probably a year into that job and the light bulb went off. And I remember talking to my boss at the time. And, and I remember saying to her, I was like, you know, we're, we're focusing on checking the box for our boss. And I'm really worried about getting these results. Cause to me, I'm trying to take this experience and use this to propel my own career business forward, not trying to get a higher promotion. And we were focused on the wrong thing. So when I told her this and she was like, well, you know, maybe this isn't for you. And I was mm, like, wait a minute. You're Let's right. Let that, <laughs> Let's let that marinate. <laughs> right, Leah? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the show is called Gems for the Journey. So whenever there's a gem yes. dropped, we try to like let that Got sit. You. Like, hold on. Let yes. somebody pick that up and put that in their little satchel. Right. Yeah. So she said, say it again. What, what did she say? She, she was just she was like, basically, she was like, maybe this isn't for you. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, it was like. I'm I'm trying to do one thing one way. And she's like, well, we're focusing on the political deals over here is essentially what she said. So if you're focused on getting great results and everything, well, that's just not how we're, we're looking at things here. Now, she didn't say exactly those words. Yeah, but that's that was my takeaway from what she said of like, maybe this isn't for you. My response was maybe you're right. And I Ooh, realized at that wait. point, I was like, yo, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the turning point right there. You know, you know what's, mean, what's so crazy? Confidence, though, to say. It, yeah. uh, I was just going to say, right, like, because you the way you were telling this story, you explained having this being at this position and thinking, okay, I need more from them, right? I need yeah. to do these things in order to get what I need in the long term. And then at yeah. some point, there is a the the tables turn, and it's like y'all yeah. need me way more than I need you in this equation. Yeah. And that seems like the moment when it's clear, right? And I I think it's actually amazing that you said it live, right? She yeah. said maybe it's not for yeah. you. And you're like, you know what? I was thinking it now that you said it out loud. That's a, you've given me the opportunity to agree yeah. with you yes. on that yeah. and figure out what the strategy is. So that's that's really it was powerful. a little bit challenging with that though, because you know, I, I said, you know, I was there for three years. That was after like the first year of me being there. Mm -hmm. And so that might have been the start of a hell of a lot of hell that I had to deal with for the next two years. But it was just really more, I think it more just emphasized and that push was the push that I really needed. You know what I mean? As I really start to live my truth and be able to say, you know what, this is really, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. And I actually, I saw a significant change in myself in the way I delivered work, 
and the way I engaged. And you know, now when I leave work, I'm like, yo, six o'clock, I'm done with this. I'll see y'all at eight. And now from six until eight in the morning or whatever in between, I'm working on Fourth Ave Market or whatever the next job, whatever the next career path was going to be for me. I spent two years working on that. And that, of course, you know, there's certain things I probably could have been delivering better, higher quality. But I was like, yo, whatever. Yeah, but you had, out, and you that's know. the thing. It sounds like two things happened. One, you started to recognize a shift in the value exchange, right? Yes. You were giving more than you re were receiving. Yeah. And uh, the second thing that I heard you say is that there was almost a self-realization or reminder uh, that you it was possible for you to be living your truth and doing something you loved and that you were passionate about. And it sounded like there was a reminder that that's not what was happening. You know, yeah. uh, there was just checking boxes happening, but in terms of what you knew the potential for you to be, it wasn't what you were seeing. And then I think now that I'm saying it out loud, a third thing happened. Somebody else noticed it too, your yes. boss. And yes. you had an honest conversation yeah. And it was actually spoken out loud that yep. this might not be for you. And it sounds like that was the beginning of the work being done before you actually jumped ship. Because it sounds like you said oh, absolutely. years went by before you even left corporate yep. America. Yep. In fact, and in, in fact, I you you made me reminded me of something is after that conversation, you know, it was maybe a few months after that conversation, I had really started to think about. What are, what's next for me? Because I didn't have a business plan signed up, ready to go. It wasn't like I had like, all right, here's where I'm going to funding the new idea. I'm like, what's next? So to your point, I really began to start to search within myself and even on the outside of like, what could be next? And I remember going to this conference. I had asked them, can I go to this conference? Can you guys pay for this training for me? They wouldn't let me go to any other training. So I'm like, you know, let me just try. Uh, and they were like, no, you can't go to this training. And I was like, well, can you help me understand why not? It's a leadership and communication conference. They're like, well, you don't need any leadership training. And I was like, well, I mean, I kind of feel like if I didn't need any leadership training, you would have already promoted me to like somebody's VP or something like that. So I'm sure everybody can always get better. And here I am coming to you saying I'm trying to proactively improve myself. And you're telling me, no, sit there in a the chair and don't do anything. Right. So that was like, OK, clearly this ain't for me. I took my own money, spent my I took my own vacation time, took a week. And it's like, forget it. And I took that vacation time and I flew down to Florida. I went to this John Maxwell conference. And to be honest, yo, it was probably a little bit more than I should have spent it for the conference. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, in hindsight, like but at the same time, it was it was a lot more than that conference now that I'm looking at. That really was like a, another turning point because. I had now had taken money and I had fully committed now to this path of like, I am, I'm going to find my way out of here. I'm going to figure out what's different because I did feel in the pit of my stomach. I used to feel this like really uncomfortable feeling every day as I go into work and realize this is not where I want to be, but I'm not sure where to go next, how to get there next, what's going to be next, what their potential next could be. And as a result, as I'm sitting here knowing I want to go somewhere different, but a little nervous to try to jump and move. Cause I'm like, I still got this nice money coming in, even though I hate it here. Like, I, I don't know if I wanna just jump that way. And going to that conference, it helped me realize the power I have in me. It helped me realize that the, the, the things that I was like, I was dimming my light for so long. Mm -hmm. And this helped me realize that my light actually could shine much brighter 
than what I thought it could be. And, and I was having this conversation with somebody else and it's like, you know, there's different kinds of lights and every light, it'd be different for different rooms. You mm-hmm. might just have the wrong light in the wrong room. You know what I mean? If you want a dim light, it might, I might shine bright like a spotlight. I need to be outside in the front of the house, you know, the, the floodlight, you know? <laughs> That's right. So in, the, in the wrong place, it's not like it's a bad light, it's just in the wrong room. And mm-hmm. I started to realize that my light could really shine much brighter, but I was just in the wrong place. And, and it just really started to open me up and say, you know what? It, you really have it in you. So when you going to go, when you go, and it really started pushing me. I think it was a year after that conference where I literally just was like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And I mean, it was a conscious effort to say, oh, we're, yeah, I don't want to invest in me, but I'm going to invest in me. And that's okay, right? I don't need your approval to invest in myself. It would be nice because it would save me some coins. It'd be really great, right? (laughs) If if I could do this on your dollar. Um, True entrepreneurial mindset early on. How can I maximize the dollars, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Without them coming out of the pocket. Right, right. But when you can't and you believe in something, you still invest in it. Um, But I didn't, I want to make sure that we just, we, we really mention that, Cause a lot of people think, oh, okay, I'm just going to start this business tomorrow. And like, literally they start, I'm going to get a trademark. I'm going to, you know, establish and t- like, and I'm doing it now, y- including my, myself. There's so many entrepreneurs uh, that it sounds like did what you did, took some time, right. To build mm-hmm. up a few things, build yeah. up confidence, right. Yes. Build up the security, build up. Okay. Some training, some skill sets, right. Um, before they fully transitioned out. This is not like a night and day thing. Like I wake up this morning, to hell with everybody. I'm starting, right? Right? Right. So obviously, you know, once you did make that transition, right? And you gave yourself the time and the space to do that, right? To maybe prepare Mm -hmm. and save, right? Over those two years. Uh, Now that you're out, right? You're like, hey, I'm committed. Instead of, you know, first it was pinky toe, then it was big toe, right? One foot, both foot are out now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there had to, some other things had to happen. So I'm going to toss it over to to Leah to just, um, you know, because she's got a lot of experience with coaching um, and Mm. just talking about the different experiences of people. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some sort of challenges and things. Yeah. So Salim, I, you said so many things in your last run and I was like, I can't interrupt him. Like he's on a roll. (laughs) Um, but the first thing that, that you, um, triggered for me was, wow, just this idea of getting told no and letting that decline be a redirection opportunity. Like it's not going to stop me. Right. That's going to have me to focus somewhere else. We've talked about that on previous episodes. And I just love that people can hear real examples of that. Um, Because a lot of times the fear is of rejection, right? Like that Mm -hmm. first no is coming and it's inevitable, but how do you power through? How do you see it as, okay, that's not a fit, but there's something else that's a fit. I know this is not working. I did Mm -hmm. that assessment. I'm clear on that that work and what does forward look like? So just talk a little bit about the challenges um, that you experienced when you were trying to decide for yourself, all right, it's time for me to move on. What are, what are the, some of the adversities or challenges that you faced um, yeah. in making that decision and, and making the jump? <clears throat> yeah, I, I honestly, it was like making a change. I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? So even though we talked fourth ad market now or find your plug, I didn't know even the, I didn't know about those, right? I didn't know that was going to be next. I just was like, so um, 
I, I, I was moved to the point where I was like, I cannot stay here any longer. Like this is now affecting me, my mental health. This is affecting everything right now. I can't stay here any longer. And I, I legit, I was like, yo, I started looking for jobs. And so I was like, all right, maybe I'll go to another job. And as I'm interviewing or speaking to jobs, I got that same feeling in the pit of my stomach. It was like, yo, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same thing, just a different place, different thing. And that's when I realized to the full, I was like, I am done with CPG brand management. I'm not saying it's a bad career track. None of it, it was just, it was done for me. And I recognize I'm fully done with this. And so I, I had to, I had to listen to that feeling in the pit of my stomach. You know, I had to listen to that feeling. I ignored it before. And that's what actually got me into the space I was in with the company I was at. I ignored it coming in. And, 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 and I think the other part of it, it was as much as I had ignored it, then I was like, I'm not going to ignore it now. But I, I just, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I went and I interviewed and I remember I, it was a different type of company that I interviewed for. And I remember um, saying to myself, if I don't get this job, then I'm just going to go to entrepreneur route. Because I remember talking to my brother about it and he was like, yo, I get it. You're looking for another job. Cool. Make good money. He's like, but I've known your whole life. You want to be an entrepreneur. So what are you waiting for? When are you going to do it? Right. Like in our family, interesting fact is in our family, um, up until my dad and his cousin, there were no men on that side of the family that had made it past the age of 60 in like generations. Like he could go as far back in generations he could see. It was nobody that made it to 60. So when he made it to age of 60, it was like this huge celebration. It's like, oh, it's possible. His uncle, you know, his cousin made it. And so my brother brought this up to me and he was like, yo, like we not even guaranteed to be 60. Oh my gosh, Salim, not wow. to, not to like, you know, th th that was, this is crazy. I don't think we ever shared, you've ever shared that story with me because my father's side is the same way. They, they actually didn't make it past 35. So every year past 35, my dad is just excited to be here. He's yeah. Now, he's now 65. Yeah. And my dad's 70, he just turned 70 this year. So to that point, it was just like, it just makes you think about life different. As I'm dealing with this stuff every single day, I don't like it here. I don't want to be here, but I feel like I have to be here for some reason, right? I feel like I have to be. And so there was also the mental part of breaking away from the 10, 11 years of just being drilled into corporate America, kind of beat down, told, look, you need to lean on this person who's supposed to be smarter than you or this person because they have a title bigger than you. I had to break out of that. And, and honestly, we talk about confidence. I didn't really have as much confidence when I left. I had enough confidence to get me the hell out of there. It's like finally leaving this horrible relationship and I left. And yeah, I won't forget. It was like two days after I left. I felt good as I was leaving. Like I literally, I was feeling good, but then the reality hit two days after. And then I didn't get the job that I was trying to get. And after I didn't get the job and I was like, well, I gotta go this entrepreneur route. And I was sad for a day. And then, and then something in me was like, yo, snap out of it, yo. This is the <laughs> life. This is get yourself together. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> get up, shake it off. Because okay. honestly, it was like 
I needed all of this to happen for me to go this path. And I didn't recognize it at first. And I was trying to go like fight against it for a little bit until I embraced it. And when I tell you, I have never felt more free. I have never felt more inspired, more motivated than I do today. I'm not saying it's an easy journey. As you all know, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. But I say all the time, right? It's like what you said. You want to feel free. You want, I always say, don't fly against the wind, right? Use the wind to help propel you forward because there's going to be some ripples, right? There's going to be some, you know, some, some inclement weather that's coming along, definitely, definitely. some, some waves that will crash. So, you know, so you're, you're both feet out, right? You got, uh, fine. Wait, um, before you, before you go go forward, I just wanted to really take a, take a opportunity to acknowledge, um, Salim sharing that he realized his mental health was being affected by these experiences, which, you know, this is your life now, right? Like we're past the point where this is just about transaction or money or compensation, right? Really taking the time to check in with yourself and like, how am I feeling? What is this doing to me? How does this affect the people around me by being in this environment that clearly is repelling me? Um, So I just wanted to really pause because I think a lot of time we don't talk, right? We're black people. We don't talk about mental health and how it affects us holistically. A lot Mm -hmm. of times we're just, we're leaning on this conditioning of you got to stay the course. You got to, you know, this is just the way it is. And I just love that you recognize it as well as bet on yourself in that moment and said, you know, I'm worth more than this. Like this, this can't be it for me. Right. I, I I know it's not it for me. I don't know what it looks like, but checking in with yourself and taking that assessment and really being honest, listening to that voice, letting your intuition really guide you. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just really try to encourage people to do it. So I just wanted yeah. to acknowledge and, and not enough and not enough people uh, talk about it. So I'm really glad yeah. that you yeah. you pause because, you know, that is a gem to say, hey, I'm going to stop. This is this is this is not right. You know, once it starts to affect you emotionally, physically, you know, you mentioned you felt it in your stomach. Right. Uh, oh, so yeah. many of us ignore that. And we haven't had a black male guest on our show in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to highlight that for black men, it can be even harder, right? Because, you know, it's almost the role of the man to, he's supposed to forge the way, he's supposed to be strong and represent mm-hmm. us as a culture, right? And, but it's not easy for all of us. So, yeah. you know, to, to be able to acknowledge that and say, listen, I could just go ahead and forge ahead, go in day in, day out, feeling, you know, this way because I have to take care of my family or I can take a risk and everyone will benefit. I will I will be a better father. I will be a better man. I will be a better yeah. friend. I will be a better son. I will be yeah. a better business owner because yeah. I have embraced this feeling instead of running away from it, listened to it and uh, redirected uh, my path to something that was really fulfilling for for yourself so bravo to you for that yeah i I just i just want to add to that i think it's really important um i recognize the mental space i was in before i left the corporate world and even up until right when i left and i felt like i needed to be there for a while like i felt like it was going to be hard for me like can i make this money somewhere else can i do the same thing well how's it gonna how am i gonna work it out my own and i just feel like so many of us, especially, you know, in the black community that are in these CPG or these other companies where there's not many of us, there's so much we deal with every day. 
for the little mm-hmm. slight, you know, those small comments here or there, the slights to our community when they say, well, maybe that community is not big enough or maybe that's not a target we need to talk to or maybe they're not relevant for us. And it's a slight like it's it's a jab at us individually mm-hmm. as much as to, it is. Right. And, and they need the data to support why. They, they need should the data make products it. and target and reach our community mm-hmm. yep. undervaluing the dollar. And I, I think that after dealing with all those things, it's okay. I think not even just okay to be like, yo, maybe I need to take a step back and, and just reassess. But this is, it really is like a, an assault on our own mental health that we deal with this and carry this baggage with us and feel like, and and I think sometimes we carry and don't realize how many other people are carrying it and don't realize that it's not okay. It's not natural. And you don't have to deal with that. I felt like I had to deal with it for those three years, yo. And it took a huge toll on me. And I was like really dealing with it. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna fight back. And I'm typically a person who will fight back. And I didn't. And I allowed it to go on until I couldn't deal with it anymore until it was really taking me outside of myself. And, and I really think that I just say to people who are out there listening right now that maybe you're in a similar position, yo, it, it, it's way better on the other side, even though the, the, the path you got to go through might seem crazy, might seem scary, but your mental health is really, really, really important. I mean, I feel like a different person now than I did before. And I see it. And you know, what's yeah. funny. Um, I said that to Leah uh, recently, I was like, you know, Salim is really shining bright. Like I just see, like he's, I was like, I'm so happy for him, you know, like (laughs) he's just seen so much in his element, you know, and we talk about, you know, the hardships of entrepreneurship and, you know, we go on our venting sessions sometimes. (laughs) Yes. um, Right. But, you know, through and through, and I think I've said this on another episode, right. Um, Entrepreneurship, when you're doing something that you feel uh, purposeful and fulfilling, right? It's it's like it, your your worst day doing this in this path yep. is still better Way than better. your worst day Way better. in corporate America. Like it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Such a fact. <laughs> it is a super fact. It is Definitely. a super fact. But Salim, you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting too. The questions that you started asking yourself when you were deciding, should I leave? What does that feel like? What will that yeah. look like? And you said, can I make this money somewhere else? Um, yeah. So talk just a little bit more about the need to stay in corporate from a strictly from a compensation standpoint, but then seeking entrepreneurship and taking those building blocks. Um, How do you, how do you make that jump happen in your own mind and then actually in a tangible way? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have the side hustles, right? And so throughout, like I told you, when I went to that John Maxwell conference, it was like, you know what? I'm going to create my own side hustles, right? I had a little bit, but it wasn't really serious. I got DJ, so I was doing it here and there, but I was given so much time to this corporate job that I didn't even have time for side hustles. So I cut that. I was like, no, I'm going to give y'all this amount of time. And I started working on a couple side hustles. It wasn't a lot of money. It was coming to just doing some work. When I left, I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to make money. I'm happy I left, but now I got to figure out how to make money. And so I legit, I had a call from my cousin who was trying to do some sponsorship type thing. You know how when you're in CPG, you always get calls from people like, oh, you can do this. So I was like, yo, cuz I just literally left. Can't help you with that no more. And then I thought about, I was like, well, actually, 
I still got some contacts. Let me call a couple. So I called a couple. They're like, yeah, we could do this for you. And I was like, cool. Where's what one way I can make some money? I can connect these companies to these people in the industry that I was connecting a lot of these brands with anyway, because the agencies didn't know. So I was like, cool. So I just literally took, here's what I have relationships. Here's what I have other people that I know. Boom, I can make a little money in this. And it wasn't th me thinking, here's my business I'm going to be a millionaire at. It was, here's how I'm going to pay some of my bills this month. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. next month. Here's and, how I'm going to keep the lights on. Right? That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's the lights on money. That's the lights on money. And so, you know, as I DJed and I would even, I started consulting and I legit, I was consulting small businesses. And I, I told a friend this the other day, because, you know, as I'm bringing on, consulting clients i i brought in this a friend of mine i knew he got a, 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 a um an accounting business i was like yeah i'll help you with your marketing for your accounting business so i put a plan together for him i can't remember what i pitched to him but he was like i got three hundred dollars <laughs> so i was like <laughs> i was like yo no hesitation i was like i'll take it yeah i'll take it you know? And it took me, I don't know, it was way more hours. You know, it took me like a week and a half, two weeks to do the work. So it was well more work for the money. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm using this to one, just get some cash to start perfecting a process for when mm -hmm. I bring on clients. Like I got it. Let me work on it with him versus somebody who's like, yo, here's 10,000 and the expectations high mm -hmm. and my stuff ain't together. So I yeah. looked inside. Let me just use this a step at a time. So I started consulting. I literally sat down and thought about how do I make money in the short term, medium and long term? This business that I want to start, that's going to be medium to long term money. The short term money is going to keep the lights on. So I DJ, consult. Then I got this uh, teaching gig, teaching the General Assembly. And so those things were like perfect stability, flexibility. I can still have plenty of time to work on my own. And I will tell you, there's this one job that I had gone to interview for. And this was like a month after I was I was out there and I was like, well, maybe I need to go and get this job. So it wasn't like I was just like, I'm never going back. I was like, ah, yeah. let me, maybe, maybe I should check something out. Wait a out. minute, so, let me dip my toe. Let me read this LinkedIn yeah, right? recruiter exactly. call. Let me, yeah, all right, well, cool. I mean, you know. 100%, yeah. you know? Can't hurt. So, so I went on the interview, I got the job, they offered me something, but the money was like a lot less than what I was making in the last place. And it's the same title. And so it just made it really difficult for me to, it made it easy for me to be like, no, if they had given me the same money and a title, I might've been like, I mean, like, yeah, well, let's talk about it. Right. <laughs> you know, but they just made it easy. And I still think that's the universe. I think that was God. Of was course. Like, nope. So the funny part is, I told them, nah, listen, I'm, I'm going to go this entrepreneurial route. Like, I'm just going, I'm all in, and I'm just going to go at it. And so they were like, all right, cool. They called me back a month later, and they were like, listen, we've interviewed quite a few people, but you are absolutely the person for this job. We could take you as a consultant. We'll be your first client if you want, but we want you to work with us. And so I was like, great, consulting, right? So I did that, and I told them. It was like, this was the difference when I was like, yo, I'm out. I could have taken that job five days a week or six days a week. You know how the CPG world is, right? That taking that job, taking the pay. But I said, no. And I said, I'm gonna stick it to where I'm at. They called me back and brought me on, do the same thing. I told them I was only coming in three days a week and they paid me a hell of a lot more because I was coming on as an external consultant. And so it all worked out. And I worked for four months, did the project, done and moved on and kept going. And that money was great because it helped me to move forward, helped me get the business, but I had the flexibility. Yeah. So. I had that short, medium and long-term plan. I didn't know what the plan was, but at least in my head, I was like, that's what I need to do. 
what can I do yeah. right now, medium and long term? Yeah. So. Um, I want to pause for a second and recognize a few things that happened, right? So first, uh, a lot of times, I think it's like this untold secret that within entrepreneurship, it also requires like you need some things to keep the lights on. Uh, so when you jump in, right, you're jumping in with both feet knowing, okay, but this there's some real life things we need here. And I need money now, though. So before I can really take on this behemoth of a business, I need to make sure I could eat, right? <laughs> I, you know, if you have a car, you need to drive places. If you have a family and there's daycare bills, whatever it is, mortgage, rent. And that is when you do some things um, to bring in immediate revenue. And it sounds like that's what you did, right? And you had mm -hmm. three streams of those. You had some consulting, even, and, that, and that's the thing also you mentioned, you said $300, I'll take it. Because when you're starting and you need to make sure that you have that right now money, sometimes mm -hmm. you have to, you know, flex a little bit. It may not be that corporate America money, right? You're not going to have a 401k and health insurance yeah. and all that, right? So you may have to sign up for Medicaid, right? And, you know, if, if you fit the qualifications, get some um, uh, some SNAP food stamp yeah, benefits, right? Um, because now you have just a liquid coming in, right? While you're building what you can do right now. Because if you can't eat, you just you can't build a business if you're hungry, nah, yeah, right? Nah. Metaphorically and physically, right? Yeah, right? facts. So facts. you I, did that. Yeah, I think the other thing you said too was like the proof of concept, right? Like yeah. you took those smaller opportunities right out of corporate with these one-off uh, interactions to make sure that you could sharpen your tools so that That's when it. that big opportunity came, you're like, no, I'm good. I know exactly what yeah. it needs to be. I, yeah. I feel more confident. So those are like small mini investments that propel you forward. They not only give you confidence to believe that you can do it because the person, you know, you have a happy customer, but it also gives you the sense of, oh man, that went terrible. All right, cool. Let me go mm -hmm. back to the drawing board, right? Let me be, let me continue to evaluate Definitely. and improve my process. And then Thomas' point about not being able to eat, like, you know, Maslow's laws, right? Are basically right. basic right. safety. I need to be physically safe and I need to have resources coming in. So, I mean, that was a fantastic, just like stepping our, our listeners through, here are all of the pieces, short-term, medium-term, long-term, and having a clear vision for it. But what you mm -hmm. said that really took it over the top for me is like, I just committed a hundred percent that I was going to do it, right? Like yeah. I stopped thinking about that plan B. That plan yeah. B was a distraction. Right. Yeah, it was. Right. right. No, Leah, into you, it. Uh, Leah, it you make a so so hold, let's acknowledge though, right? There will still be doubt in the back of your mind. Yes. Even sure. when you've put two feet two feet in. Because you said, Well, yeah. all right, if I get this job, then maybe this right. But then the, you yep. got the job, but it is like, yeah, but we're not really trying to pay you. You're like, all right, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. They, you know, whatever you believe in, whether it's the universe, God, right? You're like, yep. all right, God, I hear you. I hear you. I was yes, I, I was supposed to take yes, this job because yes, I was playing around. Yeah. <laughs> I got the message, right? Yeah. Um, because we'll also get signs when we when we get that confidence back and that reassurance, something will come through. Something will yes. come through that reassures yes. that yes, keep doing what you're doing. And that is when they called you back and said, Look, we'll take can you just consult with us? Absolutely. It was, it was amazing. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, it's amazing just thinking about just again, going through that journey again, making that decision and saying, no, I'm fully in. And, you know, like you, you, you said, you know, thinking about the analogy of just jumping all the way in two feet, it's like you jump in 
you might be able to tread water for a little while, but at some point you can't just wait for the big yacht to pick you up. Like if there's a tire there, I'm gonna grab the tire so I can float a little easier and I'm gonna kick before until I see this raft and I'm gonna get on that raft and I'm gonna paddle until I get to the boat, right? So you gotta take a step at a time for the journey. I think the other part, which is really interesting is going back to that mental health part. There was a couple things that I did, I didn't realize that I was doing that like helped to completely turn my me around mentally. And so I'm a part of Kappa Alpha Psi and we have this Kappa League. And the Kappa League is all young gentlemen, young black boys aged, you know, 12 up to 18. And so I got way more involved with working with these young guys. You know, when I left, I was like, now I'm like co-chair of the committee. I'm going on the meetings, working with them. And as I'm having conversations, they're looking up to me and having conversations about, I'm helping them with things in their life. And I start to get more confidence. And as I'm teaching and, and I'm working with students and students are like, oh my God, this is amazing. Look, boom. And they're like, yo, I just did what you told me to. And our sales went up here. Or this is what happened. Or I got this job. Or as I'm consulting, even with some of these smaller companies and they're like, oh my God, yes, this look, look what I did. And it worked. And, and I started to get confidence back and realize, cause I was taking all that stuff that I was taking on. I started to take that and say, well, damn, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Maybe I can't do these things. And that, you mean, like, you mean it, back when you were in corporate America? Yeah, back in the corporate world. And I took that with me even when I left. As much as I felt I left a lot of that behind, there was so much subconsciously that was coming out. And I was like getting that healing through this work that I was doing, this the, the, the work in the community to work on behalf of other people. You know, when it wasn't just me focused on like, yo, getting this career. It was like, I'm help, I'm legit like, I want to see you do well in life as your teacher, as your your consultant, as a friend, as a mentor. And that helped to move things around for me, too, that it allowed me to be in a much better space mentally. Yeah. Which so Helping important. others helps relieve yes. some of the self-doubt that yes. has been imposed and embedded in you with yep. that corporate setting. And when you think about what you can leave behind for anybody listening, I mean, like some of the things that maybe you might have been saying to uh, the young men that you were coaching, or if there is entrepreneur, if there was an entrepreneur now that said, hey, can you mentor me? Like, what are some of the guiding principles? If there was like three things that you could say, hey, this is what I would like you to take um, away from my experience. What would they be? Yeah, I'd say one is that you um, you have to trust yourself. You know, I tell people, I, I talk about this, and this is, again, another light bulb that went off for me at one point in time, is how much I was putting into or how much power I was giving people who didn't know me, or they would know me for a year, or they knew me for a month. Maybe there was my new boss, and for, you know, two years I've known her, but, you know, here I am, I've been in my life and walked in my shoes for 39 years, and every second of those, those light, that life, I've been walking in that. And so I've seen myself do certain things. I've seen myself not do certain things. I've seen myself overcome things. I didn't think it was possible. And I see myself not do things and not achieve things. And in many cases, I could tell you exactly why. Maybe in some cases, I didn't want to. Maybe I didn't know, whatever. But my point is that I knew myself for 39 years way better than anybody else could. But here I am giving somebody else power to define who I am based on what they've experienced about me in a, in a year's worth of time or six months or three months and giving them more like, like believing more in that than believing in myself. And it took me a while to turn that around. And it was really somebody that was at the job. 
she heard me talking about. It's like, well, I don't know if I if I leave now, will I be able to get that next job? Will I be, get this promotion, et cetera? And she was like, yo, Salim, you're talking to yourself worse than anybody else needs to. Like nobody else needs to say anything because you've already defeated yourself. And so I think understanding that the words that we speak are powerful and how we believe about ourselves it has to be the first that has to be number one before you could step out and this is even if you just want to stay in a career this is if you want to stay in a relationship a new relationship this is not even just about job life this is just life in general it's like you really got to believe in you you know you really got to believe in you and believe in yourself um the second thing i would say is that opportunities don't come with signs on them that says here's your next million dollar business this way exit 34 and veer to the right exactly here's your pot of gold (laughs) right right so so what that means then for us is that it means that sometimes we approach certain situations and we might run away from those situations simply because it doesn't look as that shiny thing that we want it to be. But when you think about life, you don't find diamonds in the, in, in, in the nature, you don't find them all shiny. They're in rock inside of like coal. You got to break through the rock to get to the diamond. And that's where I think about those experiences in life that, you know, as I went through these last couple experiences with different companies, et cetera, is it just helped me to realize it was like, one, I didn't just rest there. I took those experiences and I said, what can I learn from them? You know, what can I learn that will help me to go where I want to go in life? And so while I took some of those jobs or I took even some of these different um, consulting gigs or other types of things that people, other people may not have taken, I've taken them knowing that it could be the diamond that I'm looking for. You know, it might just be disguised in this, thing that looks like mud or this rock that looks like coal but I'm not afraid of that and I found so many I mean opportunities have opened themselves up by just going at certain things like that head on and trying to figure out how we can make it work um and and then the last thing you know I would say is at the end of the day we're not guaranteed any days in his life and I knew for me I was not going to continue to work and live in somebody else's dream or making somebody else a millionaire, you know, while I'm sitting here struggling on a day-to-day basis and not struggling even like financially, but struggling to try to figure out where I want to go with my life. We only have one. And I, I, I swear to you, I, I was like, I'm stepping out and if it don't work, it don't work, but I'm not going to get to be 50, 60, 70 years old and look back and say, damn, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to do this or that. I was like, yo, I'm going to be in this life and I'm going to take it and I'm going to swing at it. And if it don't work, then I will figure it out. I will find something else, but I'm not going to just stay in what I don't want to be in. Yeah, especially coming from a line of men like you had shared with us earlier that didn't make it past a certain age. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Salim, you said so many things there and I know where... um, like I, I want to dig deeper in all of it, but I want to be yeah. cool, with, cool about your time. But I think the thing that was most powerful is as you think about taking these opportunities for folks who are currently working in corporate America, thinking about entrepreneurship, taking being really intentional with what mm-hmm. you do while you're there mm-hmm. and what you're taking away to prepare yourself for that next opportunity, yes. whether that's yes. relationships, whether that's skills, whether that is, you know, concepts or processes. I think that is a real powerful thing to like for somebody who's 
you know, they're sitting with it, right? And they haven't quite yep. made the move yet. Be intentional yep. in what you're doing now to yes. set yourself up for success, right? Exactly. When that opportunity presents itself, when that, you know, whenever that rock, right, shows yep. up that you can really see it. And then something else that was, um, that really resonated with me personally is this idea of being in service to other people in mm -hmm. order to heal, not only heal yourself, but also find your way, right? Like, in yeah, order to absolutely. like let, you know, let the universe, let God use people yes. in your life to yes. then direct you and push you closer to where you need to be, right? Because, you know, maybe you, there were other signals and those weren't ringing for yep. you, but those young yep. men really then told you like, man, I'm, this is what I'm here for, right? This is, I'm, I am of Absolutely. use, I am of service to someone else. And I, you know, anything is possible. I am abundantly capable, right? Yep. If I am in environments that are supportive and conducive to seeing my value. Exactly. So really, really powerful stuff. Super powerful yeah. stuff. Thank you so much. So Salim, you know, we can't close out without you telling us exactly in your own words, what for that market is right? What you do for the community, as, as Leah was just mentioning, you know, in service of others. Um, and, you know, uh, and I guess what your, your next move is for fourth Ave market, what you hope to see happen. Yeah. Yo, fourth Ave market. Um, so in a, in a practical sense, it's the largest black owned online hair and beauty retail platform in the U S. Um, but I want to say like, to your point of like, what it really means is what it really means is, is as we talked about, and this is like perfect of, of the conversation we're having, as we talk about the career and constantly fighting in every company that I've been in, like, yo, we should sell to the black market. We should do this into the, the, this community. And it wasn't on some, I'm trying to do it because it's goodwill, because it's a good thing to do. I'm being a good steward for the company I'm at and saying, I recognize a financial opportunity that you guys have been ignoring or haven't recognized yourselves. So here I'm bringing this forward to you and saying we should go down this path. And all these companies, it was a constant push. It was struggle. It was, oh, well, maybe you should be on the multicultural marketing team and we can use our budget for that. And they would completely dismiss or minimize the opportunity that existed in the market. But then when I thought about the our experience in the market, and I, I thought about the fact that how we walk, so often walk into stores where they don't have what we want on the shelves or go into stores where they don't want us in the store. And I thought specifically in the hair care industry, when you got the little four foot ethnic set in the traditional <laughs> right. retailers. Right. right. And then and then you got the stores that are in our community, not owned by people from our community that tend to follow us around the stores, make us feel uncomfortable. And, and, and a light bulb went off for me as I had an opportunity to purchase this online business. And the online business was ethnic, multicultural hair care and personal care products. When we purchased from her, I didn't realize it was going to be it, it all overnight was the largest black owned online hair and beauty retail platform simply because of the number of items that we carry. It's over 7,000 items. But bigger than this, it was a couple things that I wanted to fix. We spend as black Americans, 85% of sales of ethnic hair and multicultural hair care products. It comes from black communities, but we, we own 7% of the stores. And when we think about just the economic, on the, 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 there's not really a balance from an economic perspective. And so I was like, yo, we can actually use this platform as an opportunity to change the way that retail works for people of color. So when I thought about the fact that we can actually create this platform now that makes it easier for our consumers to find products that they want without having to choose between going to stores they don't want to have what they want or stores that don't, don't want them in a store. 
It makes it easier for our manufacturers to get in front of our consumers. But more importantly, it also means that money that's that's spent by our community, we will help to make sure it's recirculated and reinvested back into our community. As that $2 billion is what we spend in this industry, we spend that money, like I said, we only own 7% of those stores. So all that money is getting extracted from our community and reinvested in everybody and anybody else's community. Most of those communities don't really care as much about our community. And so we said Fourth Ave Market can be a difference in that. And Fourth Ave Market, the name comes from Fourth Ave District in Birmingham, Alabama, which was um, another Black Wall Street. You know, you might have heard Black Wall Street in Tulsa or Little Haiti in Durham, North Carolina. Fourth Ave District in Birmingham, Alabama is actually a national historic area. In fact, you've seen it before. If you've seen the iconic civil rights footage of the dogs get attacking the kids or the fire hoses, that happened in the center of Fourth Ave District. Right, that fourth, the, the 16th Street Baptist bomb, uh, Baptist Church, where the four little girls died in a bombing from the KKK there in the 60s, that happened in the center of Fourth Ave District. And so, what we looked at was we named it Fourth Ave Market to pay homage back to this district where the money would go around our community. And it wasn't just money being spent, it was you spend money in the movie theater, and those employees then go across the street to get their hair done at the black owned barbershop, who then they go and take a break and buy food at the black owned restaurant, who then buys their food from the black farmers that are at, like the money would go around the community. We said we can start with the hair care category, but expand to others. But the, the premise is really about recirculating the dollar through the black community. Um, so that's really what we're about, you know, and, and, and why we started it and why I'm excited is because I've been able to find something that I truly can pursue that I'm passionate about. That I can also make money at and it, it just also contributes back to our community. So. And what's on the horizon? What's what do you hope for for Fourth Ave Market, you know, in the next five years or? Yeah. So interesting enough, we actually are just kicking off a crowdfunding campaign. And the idea is, as we thought about, we have quite a few corporations that we've talked to, but I'd rather that money come from the community. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we said that maybe there's a way that we can, you know, use to get the community to be owners um, in the platform. And so we'll, we'll launch that in the next week. Um, but over the next few years, you know, really the goal is, you know, how do we build out this platform in a way that we can create this new ecosystem that's not, I can't even say new ecosystem, that we can connect with the ecosystem that currently exists within the Black community by connecting with Black churches and Black barbers and stylists and HBCUs and Black student unions and, and Jack and Jill's and Cap Alpha Size and AKAs and like, connecting this community in a way that puts money back into these organizations and individuals pockets while being able to help elevate manufacturers and entrepreneurs from our community. So that's really what the goal is to keep pushing to, to try to make that happen. Not try, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Look at that. Fourthavemarket.com. Right. And, and I mean, we talked a lot about where you came from, right? The, the turning in the stomach, the not being sure. And I said, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Let me interview. Yeah. And if I get that job, then that'll be the sign. And then not getting the yeah. job, but then, you know, um, getting other opportunities. And then the universe just, you know, continuing to push you as you invested in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You invested in yourself to do to go to that conference when the job wouldn't yeah. fund it. Um, you made that decision to say it's it's time you know but i'm going to i'm going to still stick it stick it out and then someone your boss saying maybe this is not for you and you realizing yeah. you know what you're right it ain't for me yeah. right and and then you know even once 
you made that jump saying, okay, let me, like you mentioned earlier, let me grab the tire first, you know, and let me paddle to, to the raft, to, to the mm-hmm. boat, right? Uh, to keep the lights on while you're sort of manifesting what is for you, um, you know, and allowing sort of the, like we had mentioned earlier, the wind to help propel you and soar and, and just giving back to others. I think all of those things helped contribute to where you are today, but none of that could have even been possible if you didn't take time to listen to your mind, right? Your emotional, uh, mental, physical need to, to be okay first, right? Yes, yes. Because I say all the time, you can't give from an empty cup now, right? Nah, so real. <laughs> you, that's you can't so give real. to your family, you can't give to your friends, yep. and you you definitely can't give to our communities by building businesses if yep. you're, you know, without having a vessel that has something to give. So thank you so much, Celine, for sharing your story yes. with us. Absolutely, yo. Thanks for uh, having me. You know, and Salim is my friend, guys. So he's he's my friend, my, my <laughs> entrepreneurial buddy. He's, he's still my coworker because we both do right. digital marketing together. He's like, can't get rid of me. I'm like, hey, Salim, what's going on? I don't even want to. I don't even want to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, this has been an awesome. This has definitely been an awesome conversation. Hopefully, it sparked something in you, right? Hopefully, we were able definitely. to give something to you. But you, you know, please come back to Gems for the Journey. I'd love to. Career Gems for the Journey because I think the other part that we'll close with is entrepreneurship is also its own career path. And I think a lot of people hear career yes. and it's like, yes. oh, career is working for someone else. Entrepreneurship is its own career path. Oh, yeah. So we work. I think, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> legit. We're working, yes. we're building, we're evolving, we're doing yes. all those things. Yes. So, you know, here at Career Gems for the Journey, we absolutely would love to have you come back and talk to us about, you know, what the future looks like for Fourth Street Market and what you guys are able to achieve because um, yeah. we see great things in your future. And uh, we well, want to appreciate it. it. Yeah, yeah it's, it, guys, it's Fourth Ave Market. And it's the number four, right? T H A V E market.com. You can be found, uh, but because Google, you can just Google it, right? It'll yeah. come up, right? <laughs> we teach digital marketing, so we make sure that SEO is strong. Um, <laughs> uh, but we'll also include the information in the show notes of the episode. So thank you again. Yeah, Steve. thank you so much. This is exciting. I love what you all are doing with this podcast. I could definitely tell there's plenty of people are touched by the work that you do. So I could thank you. Thank you from your audience. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you next time or you'll hear from us next time. Uh, And thank you for riding with us today. Bye now. Take care, all. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.